It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Final hour of the nightcap. We keep it rolling. That's JVT at me, JVT, who will be up bright and early. Or, I don't know, do you do you look at Follow the Money as uh, later on tonight as well? Uh, I'll take a nap. <laughs> I'll take a nap. <laughs> so he'll be on uh, with Matt and, uh, uh, and Mitch tomorrow morning at uh, 8 Eastern as uh, we hit the midnight Correct. hour. Here in on the East Coast, uh, we're here at the Circus Sportsbook. The Vegas Golden Knights made a lot of people happy behind us as they win four to one tonight. And I just saw a tweet come across from Rex Byers over at the Westgate Superbook. Updated series price: Vegas minus a thousand, Montreal plus six fifty. So prior to. This series, it was plus 425 for Montreal. They lose 4-1. to one. And now if you like the Canadiens, plus 650. Can't give me like 7 Can I? Can I interest one? you in a plus 650 on the series price there, JVT? I want like 7-1, to one, don't you? If you're laying 1,000 on the other side. Vegas, by the way, for game two, which will be on Wednesday night, minus six, uh, 260 and plus 105 on the puck line. Yeah. I mean, look, they're going to be pretty big favorites, and especially a game like here where, where they close in the range of minus 270, so you're going to be playing a premium, and I would not be surprised to see that close, mm, what, 285, 290? 
by the time we get to game two? Yeah, it looks like across town, South Point closed 270, minus 270 on the Golden Knights, minus 258. Might have been the shortest price in town. That was here uh, at the Circa. And then, you know, on the uh, on the puck line, you could have found your a little plus money, plus 110 in most spots, actually minus 105 at the South Point. So the Golden Knights get it done. The under does hit, even though he probably didn't feel great about it. He had to lay some juice, minus 145, but it comes home as uh, that goes under five and a half, four to one, despite the goalie being pulled uh, there with about four minutes or so to go. So the Vegas Golden Knights, a 1-0 series lead. The Islanders have a 1-0 series lead. They're back at it tomorrow in the Sunshine State. And the Islanders uh, right now plus 169 here at Circa, plus 175 in other spots across Las Vegas. Let's get back to the Jazz and Clippers JVT, where you saw some life from the Utah Jazz, but quickly felt like the, the Clippers... I wouldn't say squashed the momentum, but responded. Uh, you, you saw this lead get as short as, I want to say, 13 or 14. And now 14, it, is, yep. it is back up to 19 as Rudy Gobert at the free throw line uh, as he buries his uh, second point of the game. But a good start to the half for the Jazz and those who maybe laid the three and a half for the Utah Jazz in the second half. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, look, when you're looking at this from what happened you know, Rudy Gobert goes off the floor, and Clippers go, okay, and we'll start attacking the rim a little bit more again. And they, that's why they cut it right back out, uh, put it right back out, I should put it that way, uh, to 20. So this is, I think what you like to see here from the Clippers is the fact that they were playing with fire a little bit, mm-hmm. allowed the Jazz to get down to that 14-point lead, and you thought, here we go. Like, Donovan Mitchell's got the ball. If we're talking about, like, another massive three from the corner wing, like, maybe this is something where you get some momentum here. But they extend this back out. They're playing their defense yet again, and, this has been, if, if you are a Clippers backer of any sort in a big picture, um, you know, sort of view, this has been a really, I think, obviously, because you're up by 20 almost, but a really positive game because of the way that they've responded here and really just held the Jazz, not even at arm's length throughout this entire game, like, you know, entire bodies. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you jump out, you're up 30 to 13 after the first quarter, yeah. and and you do normally see a team maybe take a, a little bit off the gas and... And for the most part, now it's a 16-point game right now. So yeah, I think you expected the Jazz to throw some haymakers in this third quarter and, and to you know start hitting some threes. Because as you mentioned, I mean, this is a, a good three-point shooting team that was 8 of 24 from three in the first half. And now here in the second half, they're 4 of 6. So you're starting to see some evening out. So some threes are going home. Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles is a perfect 4 for 4 from three here in this game. But still a 16-point lead right now. For the Clippers, you have to be uh, pretty satisfied if you're a Clippers backer. And really quickly, these are the minutes you got to survive if you're if you're LA because Zubac is out there, right? He's yeah. got to eat some minutes. He's got to play at some point, but these are the ones you got to survive because they're attacking him and picking rolls yet again, and it's a 15 point lead. Paul George 22, Marcus Morris 22, and Kawhi Leonard with 21. A 16 point lead for the Clippers. We'll keep the NBA conversation rolling along right now here on the Nightcap. Cap here on VSIN. That's JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, VSIN senior NBA analyst at me, JVT, on Twitter, at one Tim Murray's, where you can find me. Check us out on the VSIN app or the iHeartRadio app. Listen to us every show completely for free there. 84 to 68, the Los Angeles Clippers with a 16 point lead over the Utah Jazz. The Jazz showing a little bit of life as they trailed by 24 
at the half, 68-44. to 44. Donovan Mitchell with 27 points. So, you know, as we talked about prior to the show, JVT, Donovan Mitchell, a guy that is averaging 37.3 points per game in this series, had 45 in Game 1, 37 in Game 2, 30 in the Game 3 loss. As you put it, I think, pretty eloquently, do you want to get in front of that freight train? As he drains another deep three. Man. And look, this is what you're talking about, man. Like, and this is basketball in general, but this is this Jazz team. This is a really good team. And now they've cut it back down to 14. And while you're sitting here, like we've talked about this a couple of times, it's only it's 14. That's fine. No, it's like 14 is nothing the way that the Jazz play, right? Back to back buckets, and you're talking about all of a sudden, you know, six points for a team that shoots as well as they do. So, uh, again, the Clippers needing to do something here. And Kawhi Leonard was at him. He puts yep. down a bucket and some mid range jumper, but. Trading a two for a three. Well, so one point edge there in that it, possession, that back and forth there for Utah. You know, something you've pointed out, and I think many people have pointed out too, especially and for me, if you are, you know, the future that I purchased on Thursday, which was, which doesn't feel so great right now, which was Nets over Suns, exacta plus 750. Um, the reason I like that was if you, if you, if you thought the Jazz would come out of this series, Right there was exactly what you've talked about so much. You get Rudy Gobert out, and he's going to drop back, and Kawhi Leonard drained a mid-range jumper, which he shoots so well from that spot, and that's what we've seen from Chris Paul, 65% from the mid-range in the series win against the Denver Nuggets, and that's what he did quite a bit in the three wins over the Utah Jazz during the regular season. That was a big shot there. Now Donovan Mitchell's got to take a break uh, with about a minute and and a half to go. So 30 points already for Donovan Mitchell. Five threes, so well over that prop. uh, And uh, not there yet on his points, but I would think you're feeling pretty decent about where you stand on Donovan Mitchell if you took the over tonight. But here they are, the Los Angeles Clippers. After that big three from Donovan Mitchell, they've scored four straight, and it is now an 88. 971 game for the Los Angeles Clippers, still with an 18-point lead. Yep. So, and this is uh, these are some pretty big minutes, like we talked about, right? In terms of like the Zubac minutes, but now these are the non-Mitchell minutes. So, can you extend this lead out a little bit more? Can you go up by like 23, 24 uh, going into the quarter? We'll see. As uh, Jordan Clarkson, that's your guy. Shot, but yeah, this is so. This, this is, is what not I was, the man, Clarkson game, right? Well, and this is this is the thing that has really stuck with me. Like, and this is why there is some value in like like putting. Like putting emphasis on numbers and, and things of that nature, you know, when a guy who over the course of 34 games in the second half shoots 32% from three, that carries over into the postseason against Memphis where he shoots 28% from three, when in the first three games of this series he's shooting 52 bleeping percent from three, you're expecting something to come back here a little bit. And it has come back in a big way here uh, for Jordan Clarkson, who is now 1-7 from three-point range and 2-11 and from the floor. Yeah, and, and the opposite can be said about Marcus Morris. We talked about him and what he was able to do in that first half. He was 1-16 for 16 from three in the first three games. He's 5-6, for six, was 5 for his first five. He's missed a three-pointer here uh, in this game. But uh, you mentioned it. Here's the Clippers, and they're trying to take advantage of the fact that Donovan Mitchell on the bench, 35 seconds to go in the third quarter, 89 to 71. Uh, by the way, I think we're on pace for a second half under, right? So, I think we got what 48 points here in the third quarter. So. Yeah, we're sitting at 48. Uh, Kawhi, I'm not sure if you hold to the free throw line. Second half total was 114, and the Jazz were laying three and a half. So I laid the three and a half right now. The Jazz leading by six, but Kawhi uh, at the free throw line. So it could be a sweat here uh, to win both bets as I went. Money line pregame on the Clippers, and now uh, went in game, took the Jazz at minus three and a half. Earlier tonight, we see the Philadelphia 76ers blow a double digit lead. Joel Embiid 
does not make a shot in the second half. We had Sean Green in, who is uh, who wears his heart on his sleeve as a as a Philadelphia fan. There, from what you saw, the glimpses that you mm-hmm. saw of Joel Embiid in that second half, you know, you and I both took the Sixers after that game one loss, feeling pretty good about that bet. Two games after, actually two and a half games after, and then you see. I don't know if a collapse is the right way, but they just fall apart there uh, a little bit. As a, I guess a technical was called. Uh, was it called on Rudy Gobert as they ISO him? Or whatever it was. Yeah. I'm technical. not sure what it was. but I think that When you be- look at Philadelphia and, and just how the, the, the Eastern Conference, JVT, has the situation that it's currently in with Kyrie mm-hmm. and James Harden still hurt and sidelined. We know for at minimum game five, and the likelihood of Kyrie coming back in this series seems kind of slim James Harden was was out there hopefully he's back you know sooner rather than later but when you look at the Eastern Conference right now uh, what what do you make of it because you've got the Bucks who yes I, I recognize they've won the last two games and they're now the series favorite have you been that impressed by what you've seen these last two games from Milwaukee no I'm not not entirely right I mean look the the offense still I think has I mean, especially against Brooklyn, it, it has left a lot to be desired from the from the my, uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, the most they've scored in a game is 107. Right, and if you even look, so they, they win two games in Milwaukee, their offensive rating in the two games in Milwaukee was 97.5. Right. So they're still averaging for this series against Brooklyn, the team who everybody said, defense, oh, like, the team that was considered by some one of the worst defenses we've ever seen, less than a point per possession for Milwaukee in this series. So no, like I don't, and keep in mind, you're going from this series to take on an elite perimeter defense, right. potentially, because it's a tied series. So, we, you know, if it's Philly, because they'll be still be favored to win this series, so we'll assume that the, the favorite wins that series. If it's Philly, you're taking on an elite perimeter defense. If it's Atlanta, obviously Milwaukee's in the driver's seat, and they could beat up on Atlanta. But then again, remember, Atlanta played them pretty well. There was a pretty dramatic game near the end of the regular season in which they dropped 40 points, came back, and beat Milwaukee. So there is still something there for an Atlanta team that's really improved. But I just I, I have been... Less than enthused about Milwaukee from an offensive standpoint, which is surprising because my deal with them, like my my negativity about them, my trepidation was their perimeter with them, defense. The perimeter defense was not going to be very good. It, it bothered me how bad it was in the regular season, and here we are, four games into their semifinal series with Brooklyn, and their offense is like the massive point of conversation here. And even so, we can talk about the two games, right? The last game for Milwaukee in terms of the win uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. A little bit better, but still an offensive rating of 104.9. So it still just, it has not been good from an offensive standpoint. And that worries you when you're either taking on Philly, who's an elite perimeter defense, or Atlanta. That Look, DeAndre Hunter, the loss is pretty big in terms of inj- his injury, but still has some pieces defensively along the perimeter that would help something, like Bogdan Bogdanovich, all of those things. Like uh, you just, I'm really surprised and disappointed with Milwaukee offensively. It's been pretty shocking. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I stand, too. And, and I think right now, if if the injuries are as significant as they seem to be, you would think Milwaukee's going to win this series, minus 180 to win the series, Nets at plus 155. Let's say James Harden, he's already been ruled out for Game 5. We don't. Let's say he's back for Game 6 in Milwaukee. Mm. How effective can James Harden be? He, he's He's dealing with the same injury that held him out for what? About a month, he comes back. He plays well in the uh, in the series against Boston, and then he 43 seconds in against Milwaukee tweaks it again. I don't I don't think he'd be that effective because keep in mind, not only did he keep him out. Remember, he tried to come back 
in the regular season. Then he had a setback, yep. kept him out for that long month. And then now he comes back for a short stint in the postseason, has another setback with the same injury, and is out for an extended period of time. So you can't expect, one, for him to be entirely effective, and two, how long does he even play in the game that he comes back, right? Are we talking about a minute's cap? Are we talking about 25 minutes, whatever it is? So I just, with an injury like this, I don't know how you can, even if he's back, feel comfortable thinking, I'm getting 100% James Harden, let's go. I love this team. You know how much I love James Harden. Yeah. I think 100% James Harden is, is the difference in a series like this. But if he's not going to be 100%, which I don't think he is, I don't think there's any way you can be with an injury like this, I just, it's, it is hard to wrap my head around the concept that even him being out there is going to be effective. And knowing what we know right now, we showed you the odds for the Eastern Conference prior to tonight, so they might get a little juicier for Philadelphia. Knowing what we know and what we've seen so far in the Eastern Conference side of things, I still think Philadelphia comes out of this series, out of the, the, this series against Atlanta. Oh, look, Joel Embiid's not going to shoot that way in the second half again. And they're going and, back home. I mean, and again, like, how can we like? Atlanta shot 30% today from three, right? They, over the last couple of games, are around 30% from three. That's not winning you many games. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah, so you look at Philadelphia, and this is why I played Philadelphia, their future, prior to the playoffs at plus, I think it was like plus 350, because of, of the path. Now, I think there's been a little more resistance than I anticipated from Atlanta, as it we were hoping it would be 3-1 uh, if you're a Philly backer. But then you look at, you know, Milwaukee and, and Brooklyn, and I looked at that as a, a potential war. Now, for the first two games, it didn't look like it, looked like it was going to be a, a smooth sailing series for the Brooklyn Nets, or excuse me, yeah, for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, now you have Kyrie out. We, we, we don't know how effective James Harden is. So when you look at where we stand in both series, both even at two games apiece, if I made you pick today, looking at those odds with Philadelphia being around 2-1, to one, maybe a little bit better uh, come tomorrow, who do you think comes out of the Eastern Conference? Knowing what we know. I'll go with Milwaukee. Really? Yeah, I just, I, when, as much as I dislike their offense and what they have done at this point, they still have the potential to run a traditional pick-and-roll game. They still have, I think, the more dynamic offense in terms of what they provide from three-point shooting in volume and in percentage. Philadelphia just bothers me from the standpoint of the reliance on post-ups and no real movement outside of that on their offense. Right, They're elite defensively, but there is no dynamic pick-and-roll game. There is no evolution to their offense outside of post up Joel Embiid and then run some guys off ball and let's see what happens from there. Let's run a pick and roll, I guess, for Ben Simmons, but he's only got to finish at the rim or pass out of it, right? There's only one of two options there. Uh, there is no finishing within that 14-feet area of the floor. Uh, or post him up and, you know, have Joel Embiid come screen for him and see what happens out of that. Like, it's a pretty simplistic offense, and that just kind of bothers me in the best of seven series. You're seeing why it bothers you, right, in the second half against yeah. Atlanta. So I think if push comes to shove between those two, uh, it would be Milwaukee for me. Okay. I thought you were going to pick Philly. Now, like I, as much as I dislike Milwaukee in the grand scheme of things, like even so, let's go from the, the standpoint of perimeter defense, right? So I don't like Milwaukee from a perimeter defense standpoint. Again, 29th in terms of opponent three point shooting, 27th or lower in the other two categories. You know, corner threes above the break threes. But Philly, while they're a decent three point shooting team, they don't shoot threes at the volume that would bother you enough, right? To really like, they might shoot at a high clip there but they don't shoot in a mad, like an insanely high volume to take advantage of something like that. So even then, right, we're talking about a Philly team that ranks in the bottom three, I think, in the regular season in terms of three-point attempts per game. Like, they might shoot a really high percentage from three in that series, but are they going to make enough volume of those threes to actually let that bother you? And I just don't know if that's going to be the case. 101-77 to 77 right now. The Clippers came out um, 
with the hair on fire here in the fourth quarter trying to put this thing away. Had a 26-point lead. It's 24 right now as the foul just called. Uh, Joe Ingles just airballed a three. If the Bucks make the finals, Suns, Jazz, and Clippers are the options. You being a Clippers backer, would you like looking at what's out there in the Eastern Conference, how do you think the Clippers match up with the Milwaukee Bucks? I mean, I I would favor them over sure. the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they match up very well with the Milwaukee Bucks, right? They have the the wing players to handle them. They have a defensive stopper. I guess you put an air close. Nobody's going to stop Giannis, but Kawhi Leonard handled Giannis in that Eastern Conference Final Series that they played yep. right when it was Toronto, Toronto and Milwaukee. So they have an option for Giannis Antetokounmpo. They have the three point shooting. We're talking about if that's the matchup, you're talking about the best three point shooting team in the league versus the second worst perimeter defense in the league. It's a matchup I kind of like the Clippers in, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and this is this kind of expands on my bigger picture of why I like Los Angeles overall. Is there's a lot of matchups that work in their favor in a lot of these different series that we can throw on the board. But yeah, I think there's a lot that that the Clippers could exploit in yeah, a series like that. And it is, you know, it is interesting how it's how it's broken here for the Clippers um, because I thought, you know, pre pre NBA playoffs, and I certainly gave them uh, <laughs> a lot of grief. But it, it worked out, right? They didn't want anything to do with the Lakers. They didn't like their matchup with them. Lakers get eliminated, they get hurt, and they get eliminated. So that was a bad matchup. Lakers are gone. Nets are hurt. So we'll see if they are full strength, if they're even alive come the NBA Finals. And then, yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, with the matchup potentially against the Bucks, matchup potentially against the Suns, uh, it, it feels like a lot of things are breaking their way as long as, look, this is a team JVT, that, that needed seven games to beat a one-man band in Dallas. However, Tim Hardaway Jr. was right. like, you know, out of NBA Jam on fire in those first two games. Boom so they ended, up, they ended up winning four out of five there. Um, but it feels like a lot of things have broken the Clippers' way. And I'm not going to say that it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a lock or anything like that. Utah has certainly beat them already a couple times. They're, they've shown capable at home. But it feels like a lot of things for, for the Clippers have, have worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the matchups are there for them potentially. But again, you got to win this game. Nine and a half minutes left, and you got to win two more with two of three being in Utah. And we saw how, how strong that home court is for the most part for Utah. Uh, played a very, very, very big role for them through the first two games. But this is a, this is a solid team. And the other part is, too, like, you know, we call the point spread the great equalizer. Sometimes coaching is a great equalizer, and I think if we're making fa- like if we're putting odds on coaching matchups for the rest of the series, series potentially uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers, I'd probably be Ty Lue an underdog in every single one except for the one against Doc Rivers, and that'd be a pick. I think keeps playing Zubots, so that's uh, always a, always a good thing. The only thing I'm sweating right now is are we going to cover this three and a half in the second half? Right now we're covering it. By a half a point. Mm-hmm. And the Clippers still have their guys out there, as they should, with under nine minutes to go. 101-92, to 92, a little 7-0 run for the Jazz here. But the Clippers have been able to respond to every single run here tonight. And there's Zubach throwing down a, a big-time dunk as they draw Rudy Gobert out. Throw the lob over his head. 103-82 right now. So sweating that one out. That's JVT. I'm Tim Murray. Stick around. It's the Nightcap here on v Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Sometimes I wish we had the in-break commercials, you know, like PTI would do or Around the Horn. Banksy, Darren Banks just walked in, and apparently, I don't know where he gave those picks out. He didn't text me those picks, but apparently Banks had a very profitable evening. Did he come on any shows that, that you were on today? Well, I have no idea. I don't, I don't. My, my hits only last 15 minutes, and then they kick me out. So. They don't? You know to stick around? No, they do not. <laughs> Actually, I'll, I'll be honest with some of the producers watching right now. It's kind of insulting how quick you guys are on the trigger finger and hang up on me. Like, nobody says goodbye, anything like that. I don't know. It kind of hurts. I'm out. I'm like, hey, yeah. if I got to do a hit, I'm out. I'm, I'm done. So, uh, But, yeah, Banksy, who just walked in from the Golden Knights game, said, uh, I believe, what else do you want from me? He said, no goal, first five. 
goal first 10 and Vegas on the puck line. That was uh, apparently his predictions. I don't know what show it was on. I'll take his word for it. I don't want to get into a fight with Banksy. So say, it sounds like you are doubting every single thing that he just told us. No, no. I, I just, I don't know. I, I need, I In need his to own know. dojo, nonetheless. Um, but he said do it again on, on Wednesday. You want some stats? I, w- I would love some stats. By uh, the way, just a quick update. Uh, 103.85 Clippers leading the Jazz, and I need this to stay at 20 or less for the Jazz to get the uh, second half to come home. The Vegas Golden Knights become the third team in the last 10 years with three different defensemen scoring goals in a single postseason game. Vegas defensemen outshot Montreal's defensemen 18 to nothing in game one. How about that? Man. You want one more? I would love it. Keep them going. This is the treats and beats segment, so you just pulling up stats is treats to me. Okay. A lot of the third duo in NBA history. To each score 20 or more points in their team's first 11 games of the postseason, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. How about that? Take that for what is it? Take that for data. <laughs> uh, 103.85, the Clippers leading the Jazz with seven and a half minutes to go. And uh, I'm just, just holding on, holding on for the old middle. Got the Clippers on the money line because I was a coward and didn't want to lay the points. And ended up laying three and a half with the Jazz here in the second half. So we'll see if uh, they can pull it off as Donovan Mitchell misses. And an easy layup from the right side. By the way, the Donovan Mitchell over, not home yet. Yeah, still in peril. It's, uh, it's 30. And that would, be, that would be a tough one considering it looked like that thing would sail over. Uh, especially the way that he closed out the first half. But this is what we talk about with these, right, all the time. Like when Blowouts you're, are bad. When, not even just blowouts, but when you're getting inflated point totals like that. It is, you know, you might be stuck on a hook like that and just sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And we'll see. You know, he got pretty frustrated right now because he just missed a bunny and uh, got pretty animated down the stretch because he felt like, I guess, he was fouled. But I think he's a quiet Leonard to the free throw line now to make it a 20-point lead. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't, I'd prefer him not shooting free throws. I mean, you got 648 left here. And, I mean, with the wild card. I need, I need Kawhi and Paul George to get out. Well, yeah, but the, that's the thing is if they're going to get out, that means Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles and – you know, the other key role players will be out, too. So what that means for the... But uh, your guy, Jordan Clarkson, could help me out, who is uh, all I mean, of 2 of 11 from get the, the field um, and 1 of 7 from 3 today. You'll get the attempts, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, Joe Ingles, by the way, four shots tonight. All threes. He's made them all. Nope. He's uh, got 12 points, 4 of 4 from 3. So, you know, you look at the Jazz, 3 of 13, or 13 of 33 from 3, uh, shooting 40% from the field. Uh, tonight, ten turnovers to five for uh, for the Clippers as the lead back up to twenty as Kawhi hits uh, a couple of free throws and he's at nearing his point total. He's at twenty seven right now and his point total is twenty nine and a half. I would like to point out, and this is pre- this is pretty fascinating about the series overall because I think there is this tendency to think, I shoot the ball well, you'll win. So they're shooting 40% right now. It's 39.6%, right, mm-hmm. the Utah Jazz? Yep. And they are down by nearly 20, 20. points. Yep. In game three, they were 19-44, 43.2%. They lost by nearly 30 points. So I'm just saying, like, there they is... Missed, this, and they also missed, what, in game one, which they won by three, which mm-hmm. was, wasn't an easy win. They, they 
missed 21 consecutive shots. Yep. And in this, but in the second half, bounced back in a big way. Shot 52% from yep. the floor, 43% from three. Right. Really, really you know, the uh, the positivity came back. Right. Water found its level. But I think that's really fascinating when you look at it on the surface of a team that has still over these last two games shot the lights out and are looking at back-to-back blowouts as your boy J.C. Uh, hits a Big step shot, back. Jordan Clarkson. Out of baby. Garbage time points. That was my specialty. Let's see if uh, Jordan Clarkson could do it. By Mike Conley going to play it all in this series? Again, hamstring issues are tough, man, yeah. especially recurring ones. It is the nightcap. We're keeping an eye on the conclusion of Clippers and Jazz. A 17-point lead right now for the Clippers as they look to even this thing up. Make a very interesting series price come tomorrow. That's JVT. I'm Tim Murray. It's the nightcap here on Visa. Sunday is Father's Day, and it's time to get Dad some great VSIN gear. We've got hats, shirts, mugs with the VSIN logo, or fun sports saying like cash and tickets is what it's all about, and it's not under until it's over. Get your dad something he really wants this year. Visit the VSIN store today. Find that perfect gift. VSIN.com backslash store. You got it. Minus six and a half shirt. Look at that. Huh? What do you think? You got good number? Bad number? It was a good number if you laid it with the Clippers. There you go. Well, I mean, Maybe. technically it wasn't a good number because it closed five, didn't it? I mean, you know, I'm trying to make a point. I'm trying to sell merchandise here, JVT, and you're kind of kind of My favorite shirt was uh, the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl. Uh, the VSIN staff that year, we all had shirts with the side that we liked, and I had a Philly plus six shirt. Even though, like, that six like disappeared really quickly. But I had a Philly plus six shirt throughout the Super Bowl broadcast that year, so it was really good. Philly plus six. Mm-hmm. That came home. Uh, they won outright. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that game in Korea. Super Bowl Huge. Monday okay. in South Korea. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I was there for the uh, Olympics in Pyeongchang wow, 2018. Wow. That goes back to a question I was asked by Aaron Oster today. Don't you have a... Passport? It was actually, I just had a brain fart of what it was actually called. Yes, it's a passport. Uh, no, I never have a passport. I've never been out of the country. I've never left the continental United States. You live so close to Hawaii. Just a quick five-hour flight. Say, how long is that flight? I See, look at that. I, that's how not well-traveled I am. I was going to say three-hour flight. You've been out of the so state far. of Nevada. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've yeah. been out of the state of Nevada many times. <laughs> Don't have a passport? No. Why would I? I've never left. Huh. You know, I want to. Want to venture out? Oh, it's, a, it's not an option of I never want to. It's just that I've never had, it's never really come across, you know? I got to have. Uh, Spent the summer out in Connecticut and Colorado and took multiple trips out to Atlantic City. Oh. A couple years back. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, you were flying out to AC once a week. Staying at the ocean. Fantastic rooms. Taking a look at the ocean. That's right. Right From on the boardwalk. There. Yeah. Um, Snow on the ocean. It was quite the sight. 105 to 90 is where we stand right now. So. Let's keep it this way. Get the starters out. No more garbage. Time 105, points. To, uh, 105 to 90 with a free throw coming for um, for Utah here. And again, look, there's five minutes left. In basketball, it's still a lot of time. Clippers playing with fire a little bit. Got to extend that lead back out. So this right now series looking like it will be headed back to Utah at two games apiece. And game number five would be on... We look at it. Game five will be on Wednesday night. 
And then Friday night as well will be game six. And then if needed, we will have a game seven on Sunday. We should point out something we have not yet. That on his last drive to the basket, Kawhi Leonard oh, yeah. looked like he tweaked his knee. He grimaced pretty clearly, then went to the free throw line, missed both free throws, and then was blown by Bojan Bogdanovich on a th- on an n one with the layup. So just something to monitor. It's been reported in Om Young uh, Masuk, who covers the Los Angeles Clippers, that nobody attended to Kawhi on the bench, didn't ask for any treatment on the knee. And uh, I can't see, is he back out there? Yeah, he's out yeah, there. He's out there. So just something to watch because he did. There was The worrisome part about it was there was no real contact mm-hmm. uh, on the knee, but he did come up and grimaced a little bit. So just something to watch here in the last couple of minutes. Uh, Donovan Mitchell did hit his over. So if you were waiting, uh, it did come home. So you were able to cash that. It got gets there. 33 points for Donovan Mitchell. Five threes tonight. Uh, and Kawhi Leonard is not there yet. At least the DraftKings number, 29 and a half. He's sitting there at 29, and, and that could be a tough one because, you know, if I'm Ty Lue right now, as he just gets knocked down, Bogdanovich gives him a little sh- uh, shove there. So Kawhi headed to the free throw line and should get you the over, and he does. So there you go. No sweating. He gets it home. 30 points there for Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know, just we, we've talked a bunch about the Suns. Your biggest worry is the depth and and what they can bring off the bench for uh, you know in a series against whether it be Utah uh, or Los Angeles. Are they a dog? I think they're definitely a dog against the Clippers in the series. They're and, a dog to everybody against- but Atlanta. Yeah, right. I mean, Atlanta is. Would the- you? So let's say let's say the Jazz come out of this series and it is I don't know what it would be plus one fifty plus one thirty whatever it may be. Would you look at the Suns? Knowing they had success against them in the regular season against the Jazz, going three and zero, they didn't have success against the Clippers. I think they went one and two against the Clippers. Yeah, I look at this and I, I know there's the depth is the issue, as you pointed out. I do like that matchup. If it's Suns Jazz, would you look at a Suns series price? Yeah, I think you know. Obviously, it depends. So, is Mike Conley playing? What the price is? All of those sort of things. Sure. But yes, my my selection would definitely be you know, the Suns to win that series. I think. You know, I think it would be a very tight series. You know, yeah. I think it's it's funny. Like sometimes when you select sides in a series, the thought is you think the other team sucks. Like that's not the case. You know, I just think the matchups that ultimately right. prevail will be in favor of the Phoenix Suns. So yeah, in that type of a series, if it is Utah and Phoenix, I would pick Phoenix to win a really tight series over the course of like seven games. If Mike Conley's going to play. It obviously makes a little bit of a difference in terms of what the price might be and what I would want on Phoenix, but ultimately, like, yes, if we're, if we're talking like plus one, like, I think like pl- definitely like a plus one sixty-five, you get me in on a on a Phoenix Suns. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, and that would be that's going to be the fascinating. Uh, Which yeah, it might not be. It discussion. seems somewhat high uh, now that I'm thinking about it. But jazz, the Jazz are power rated pretty high, man. They are very respected by the market. And now. Yeah, this is going to be 2-2 going back to uh, Salt Lake City for a Wednesday night game. Um, Potentially. Clippers a favorite come Wednesday night? Like the game itself? Yeah. Jazz open one? So here's the thing. This line would tell you that they would be, right? Or if not, a pick. You would think that two lopsided results, plus the fact that we're talking about them clearly being the favorite on a neutral court at this point right now. Oh, yeah. It's not going to open pick. I'd say I'll go with my official, my official guess would be if this double-digit result holds, Clippers minus one on the road against Utah. 
That would be my guess. We'll see what happens. But again, like, and that might seem out of the world considering, you know, they lost the first two games in Utah and the fact that I think they were like two and a half point spreads. But again, just it's like a simple math equation. If you're going back home, if home court, which is clearly worth about two and a half points by the odds makers, is factored in, they closed, what, five today? Yeah, you know, five minus two and a half is two and a half, which means that's what they would lay out a neutral. Then another two and a half would put you at pick if you're playing in Utah. Given the result of these last two games, slight edge to Los Angeles, so you might see it. LA minus one? Right now, four minutes to go. It's a 15-point game. Zubac just hit one of two free throws. So uh, there we go. Joe Ingles, a little floater in the lane. 13-point game. Um, 201 is the total we're at. So eh, if you had the, if you took the under tonight at 224, you're in decent shape. But we will see how this game ultimately unfolds. Uh, but we will uh, we'll get you updated on this game. We'll keep tabs on it as Paul George increases the lead out to 16. We'll also focus in on Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Game 5 tomorrow night in Brooklyn. We'll wrap things up when we come back. It's the Nightcap here on Beeson. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. 
and I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Indeed believes less is more. That's why they have powerful tools to help you source, screen, and hire quality people faster. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. What is happening right now in Los Angeles? Things are getting a little interesting. Joe Ingles just hits a corner three. It's a 10-point game with 2.06 to go. 112 to 102. Now, I'm liking my position on... Clippers money line and Jazz plus 20 and a half. Feeling all right about it as Paul George misses a step back three. By the way, Kawhi Leonard exited with about four minutes to go and he has not returned. I think Ty Lue is trying to hold off and make sure he doesn't have to return here in a now a 10 point game. I believe the current run, JVT. 27 to 9 mm-hmm. for the Utah Jazz. So showing some life here at the end of this game and and now I do wonder does this change the perception of the line come Wednesday at all if this thing gets into single digits. I mean, I don't I don't really think so for the most part, right? You're talking about two lopsided contests for the most part for the Los Angeles Clippers. What changes everything is Kawhi not being on the floor yeah. for the closing minutes and how healthy he's going to be heading into that game, right? So that that could be the change. The fact that Ty Lu and Kawhi feel like enough, at least, to try to get get out of this thing without him on the floor closing this game out. So I think that's the change that we're talking about, right? We were you were talking about you know the Clippers. I said official guess was Clippers minus one for the next game. Yeah, maybe we're talking about Jazz minus one if Kawhi Leonard is indeed if there is something bothering him because. I think it is worrisome, not only the way that they're closing this game out, but the fact that he's on the bench, and not only just on the bench, but as you see your team kind of flailing a little bit here in the wind, he's not even getting up to get back in this game, and and that's kind of a problem. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt, and it is a 12-point game, um, and Kawhi, yeah, I, I, I think this is probably the right move, precautious precautionary reasoning behind, you know, for Ty Lue to hold him out here. But it, you do have to be a, a little bit worried if you're, you know, one of the 14 Clipper fans or a Clippers backer, which there are many more uh, in that side. Y- you do have to be a little worried about, okay, what does this mean for him moving forward? Is he going to be hindered in game five in Salt Lake City? Right. And, you know, he, and to go through the sequence too, he, you know, it's a non, it was a non-contact situation. You know, he grabs at the knee, grimaces, goes to the free throw line, misses two, defensive play, gets blown by, you know, and he's shown some clear discomfort with it. So it, it, the worrisome part about it, it isn't even so much as the knee, it's the way it went down, the non-contact nature of it and what that means for him. So he didn't, as far as all these reports are going, he hasn't received any sort of treatment. No trainer has run to him. Nothing has really happened. So we will we'll see what happens in terms of his health, but this is the massive storyline now going forward. Is Kawhi Leonard healthy? By the way, they just showed a stat. Um, you know, the Jazz were blown out from the jump, down 30-13 to 13 after the first quarter. They went 1-7 of seven from three 
in the first quarter. 16 of 34 since then. And, and I think that almost, JVT, plays into what you've discussed and why you've felt more and more confident about the Clippers and where you stood because the Clippers shot incredibly poorly in games one and two and both were pretty competitive games. You look at game one on uh, how poorly the Clippers shot and ultimately uh, you know, the Jazz only win by three. So you're looking at a team that is 17 of 41 from three, which is really not that bad. And this game hasn't been all that competitive. And it has been now this quarter, but you're right. Like that, that's for the most part. This has been the Clippers kind of just main cruising down the stretch and, and trying to get out of here. But it is pretty interesting to see the dynamic where the the Jazz, for the most part, uh, in this series, have been the better shooting team, like the, with a clear edge in that category, and yet two very close wins and one very lopsided loss right. and a loss in which they trail the majority of this game. So you know, three point shooting. It's funny you'll hear the simplistic analysis and make more threes win the game. Sometimes it's not the case. And also, you know, at three-point shooting, though, as you talk about them starting 1-7 and then turning things around from a three-point shooting standpoint, it's why none of these games are ever over until they're over, man. Like, three, like this shooting and the way that the offense is played in the NBA today, you, if there is time on the clock, you are in a game. And the Utah Jazz are proving that here tonight by making the Clippers and Clippers backers sweat a little bit here near the end of the game. Well, you know who they're making sweat, too, is people who had the under, because this looked like a dead under game. Closes 224. But we had second half total, too, right? Yeah, and 114 was the second half total. Uh, I'll pull that up in just a second. But, you know, the in-game total was around 216.5 just a little bit ago. Now it's 222.5 with a minute and a half to go, sitting at 217 points as you know the pre-flop total was 224 uh and to your point now we've got a bit of a, a free throw shooting competition going on uh the second half total uh right now uh you've got you're at one 105 so you still have some work to do for that second half total which was 114 if uh my math which is always a, a tricky situation but yeah we're at one 105 here in the second half 114, 103. I've got 125 in the second half by my math. So, all right then. But I use a calculator too, by the way. I I think, I think I did this correctly, but we'll see. 55 plus 50 is 105. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong box score. That's why I, <laughs> I'm looking at the 132 to 106 game you're the other day. You're getting chesty with a calculator over there. I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not that far. No, you're right. Yeah, total. I was looking at the wrong skits. That's why you don't do math live. <laughs> On the air. I think that's like one of the first ones, the first things you learn. Like, okay, I've messed up math before. I didn't think I'd be that far off. Yeah. Uh, we got some free throws, which once again, pre-flop total. You're not feeling great, Paul George. Uh, by the way, just quickly in the prop market, uh, Paul George over his point total, 25.5. Kawhi Leonard over his uh, total of 29.5. He's with 31 sitting on the bench. Donovan Mitchell over his total yep. of uh, 30. And a half. He's got 37 in this game. Uh, Marcus Morris over very much so. He got that in the first quarter. He's got 24. So you're feeling pretty good there. You know, Rudy Gobert actually inching closer, surprisingly, uh, who had one point at the half. He's got uh, 11 points in this game, but doesn't have a double double. So you could have got some plus money on the no double double there for Rudy Gobert uh, as he is. Uh, as we show it right there, you could have got plus 180 on the no for the double-double on Rudy Gobert. Kawhi Leonard, uh, he does not get a double-double tonight. And Paul George also one rebound away, so could get there. He absolutely could get there 
as uh, Paul George at the free throw line to make to extend the lead. Now 117-103. We'll keep an eye on this and, and where this thing concludes, but let's get to the game tomorrow night, JVT. We've talked about it quite a bit earlier in the show. Milwaukee laying four. There is a four and a half out there. Uh, there's actually a three and a half too, so some variance um, when it comes to Milwaukee and Brooklyn. We know no James Harden, no Kyrie Irving. You look at how Joe Harris has played in this series, him now being a hunter rather than just being given open looks, and he struggled. He's 36.5% from three this series, three of 13 in the last two games. How critical is Joe Harris tomorrow to be some sort of option for Kevin Durant to you know, do what he's done this year, which was lead the league in three-point shooting percentage? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's clearly very important for Brooklyn. Uh, and I don't want to minimize his role with this team, but you know, a guy who shoots the ball as well as he does, and over the course of right his career, how well he has done it, I I don't worry too much about whether or not he's going to show up. I'm more curious about who's handling all of the point guard minutes, right? Like we talk about overall, like who is facilitating, who is running the offense. Like those are the worries for me because that is ultimately going to lead to whether or not this team's going to stay within that number, whether or not a total that has dropped. How many points you say from game one? 21 for 21 points from game one. If that's going to get to the, you know the over in that regard, so I have a I have a calm confidence that Joe Harris is going to bounce back. Back at home, good shooter throughout his career. It's more about who is facilitating, who is handling, and who is running this offense. Because if it runs to a halt, especially when Kevin Durant's not on the floor, that's the other thing, right? KD can run that, uh, but when he's not on the floor, this is going to be uh, something that I think, from an offensive standpoint, is going to be worrisome for Brooklyn. Could get pretty ugly for the most part, but. We're on total watch right now. 118-104, the total 224. Uh, the scrubs are in. I was going to say the dogs have officially been called off. And I don't know if you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, by the way, the under was the right side tonight. This would have been a tough one. I don't know if the Clippers are going to put up a shot, but uh, I will take this result. It means the Jazz cover the second half number of three and a half. Money line comes home. By the way, you could have just middled it if you were you had more guts than me and, and laid the five. So the five comes home as the Clippers aren't going to put up a shot here, and I imagine the Jazz won't do it either unless they decide they want to throw up a last second three, and that would be uh, that would be something. Um, there is a two seventeen and a half out there. Actually, that's a consensus number two seventeen and a half. Twenty two points. This has dipped as it is over. 118-114. The Clippers win. They cover the five. The under hits. Second half total does not come home. But the Jazz cover the second half of three and a half. So the series is now even. Heads back to Utah for a Wednesday night showdown. Uh, That'll be a 7 o'clock Pacific tip. And the Clippers have uh, evened things up. So they go down 0-2 against Dallas. Even it up. They go down 0-2 against Utah. Even things up. 118-104 victory. Nice trip home for the Clippers. They win both games in pretty impressive fashion. Yep, but now uh, for the next day or two, we are on Kawhi Leonard watch and see what happens with that knee and why he didn't close out that game. And A pretty interesting press conference coming up for Ty Lue to see what answers he has for those questions that I'm sure he's going to get. All right, last thoughts on Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I... Uh, I'm out on this game. Uh, you know, similar to you, I took Milwaukee. Just I have a series play. I took Milwaukee. Certainly didn't feel great about it. Didn't double down. Took them at two to one to win this series prior to uh, this series tipping off. Didn't look great. And now 
They're the favorites in the series, so I will stay off tomorrow. But any play for you, side or total? If it gets to five, uh, I'll be in number five. So that's that's my buy price. If we get five points for the Nets, consider me in. All right. Are they talking yeah. to the choir for the game? Well, let's see. There you have it. Mm-hmm. That's JVT. He'll be up bright and early on Follow the Money. Thanks to Brian Lewis, Sean Green, Mr. Humans, Matt Humans for Aaron Oster. That's JVT. I'm Tim Murray. This is the Nightcap here on VEASAN. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.